You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business. We have a business expert with us today. It's Sharon Rose McNeil, but she's in a special kind of business. She's in the building industry business, and she's been there for quite a while, but she has had a really interesting journey in getting there. Her forte is in sales, and she is easing her way off into becoming an independent and out there as an entrepreneur to help people um, build their businesses, build their own um, contractors are on their own. They go and work for other contractors. It's subcontracting. And how do they deliver what they've got to the customer? How are they going to be able to present themselves? Because it's all sales, isn't it? And it doesn't matter if they're really, really good carpenter, but if they can't articulate that or present a proper program, you know, it's going to get missed. They'll go to someone else who's a little bit more together. So her forte is to help people in sales perfect it to such a way that they're always going to be able to close the deal. But she's had a very interesting journey getting to where she's gone. She sold vacuum cleaners from door to door and was very, very successful at that. And we don't think that that's around anymore. Maybe it isn't, but it was when she was doing it. And I have actually bought a vacuum from somebody who sold door to door. So yes, people do buy them. And why is she now branching out on her own? What is it that she wants to offer her clientele? And uh, how do they benefit? So if you were a builder out there or somebody in this type of business, this is a show you need to listen to. Welcome to the show, Sharon Rose. Hi, Sarah. Great to see you today. So we've had, obviously, a chance to talk and, and meet one another. And clearly, the passion for what you do is very much there. Uh, you love to see people get ahead, you know, have the right tools in their kit. It, it's not just about the hammer and nails, is it? It's having the right tools so they can get the job to do the hammer and the nails. Yes, absolutely. I mean, everybody has something to sell, uh, whether you're in the building industry or you're a mom at home. We all sell ideas. We sell services. We sell products. We all have something to sell. Uh, particularly, I've been in the building products industry now for 17 years. So it's uh, just something that you know I'm very excited about. It's something that I know. And so that's where I've decided to uh, niche my business. But, um, you know, really when it comes to sales, there's some foundations. And, um, yeah, and, I mean, we all have something to sell. We do, we do. I mean, your forte is in this particular business, but uh, pretty well when you're looking at the fundamentals, there's a core, isn't there? You know, the, the building blocks, so to speak, in any business that you do, uh, in anything. Because we're all selling something, as you said, um, but the way we sell it today has changed. You know, we're not looking at the rah-rah. We're not looking at the yeah, cut you a deal. It's really if people buy you, if they like you and what you're presenting, then that actually, you know, very often they won't even look at what your skill is until they whether they like you or not. Because it's a, it's a trust factor, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. You know, a lot of people, they come to me when we talk about sales training and they say, you know, I really don't want to be salesy. And right. I think, you know, where that statement comes from is we've all had a bad experience at some point in our life with a salesperson. And whether, you know, maybe perhaps you walked on a car lot and somebody followed you around and didn't give you that ability to sort of shop around a little bit, or, you know, you had somebody that come in and, you know, well, howdy folks, you know, yes. and, and it 
kind of turns us off, but people actually love to buy. They just yeah. don't want to be sold. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is if you work from a place of authenticity, um, you know, you don't need to, don't need to be afraid. Um, you know, I, that's where a place that I've always worked from. And if you're really there to serve your customers and to help them solve a problem, you're actually in the helping business. You're not so much yeah. in the sales business. And of course, you have an assistant in the background there that we're hearing who is going, yes, I agree. <laughs> and that's what these shows are all about, folks. Very, very organic. I think one thing we're trying to, to say to people, too, is that it doesn't matter what business you're in, you know, uh, or high how, how up you are, CEO, FEO, whatever it is. Fundamentally, we're all kind of people living a life. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, you go home to the dog to the husband, to the home, like everybody else. And I think this is what really people are wanting to see. They don't want to see this is your persona in work, although there is a professionalism you bring mm -hmm. into it, but they don't want to see that there's a totally different identity there. Mm -hmm. you know, we want to know that who we're dealing with is who you really are. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sorry, can you give me one second? I'm just going <laughs> to let the dog out so he doesn't keep barking. <laughs> what, we don't value the opinions of the dog? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very, very often dogs in these shows really actually love to just lay at the feet and tap into the vibration, but this dog has probably seen another dog and wants to get into that action. Not really into the business dog today. <laughs> He is a big cheerleader, but uh, I let him outside so he can do some cheerleading. Outside. Elsewhere, elsewhere today. Yes, he's done his banner. So that, you know, going back to it is, it is who you are is what is going to be the first thing that is sold. So it's, we don't want to see the separation, do we? We want to know who you are is who you're going to be at home. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're in the relationship business and, you know, I, I've watched a lot of salespeople over the years and some, you know, have definitely put on a persona, but I always knew for myself that I had to come from an authentic place. Yeah. And, you know, I've sold a lot of different things over the years and, you know, I tried a couple different things and was it maybe that they weren't a good product or a good fit for somebody else. They just didn't resonate like with my heart. Yeah. And so I couldn't sell them and I just chose not to because I was like, you know what, if it just doesn't, if it just doesn't resonate with my heart and my soul and I can't come from a place of helping and serving others, then it's just not for me. And that's really always been my guiding, my guiding rule for myself. And I think that's an excellent guiding rule because um, just because you can sell doesn't mean you should sell, you know, because again, it, then it just becomes a spiel, doesn't it? Just words. But you know, when it comes from somebody that really does believe in the product, you know, believe in what you're doing. And we really want to know, would you use it? Do you use it? Do you believe in it? And that's what we want to know from the person, not just another sales pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, we're here to help and serve other people. And, you know, that's the, you know, that's always where I stand from, you know, we're really in the relationship business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're here, you know, most customers come to a salesperson because they do want to buy. Um, and they have a problem that needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. um, but they also want to buy from somebody that they can relate to somebody that's honest, hardworking, and is going to have their best interest at mind, not just their own pocket, the salesperson's pocketbook. 
yeah, if you're walking into a place and all you can see is the dollar signs in their eyes, you know, redivert because <laughs> <laughs> all they're looking at is the is you know their commission or the sales thing, and they're not really in there to kind of be off service to you. And the service industry, um, sales and service are the same thing. It's changed quite radically, hasn't it? It, it has. I mean, you know, back when I started, I was 18 years old and I was selling vacuum cleaners door to door. And, you know, obviously there was some more high pressure tactics that were taught to us. Although, you know, when I would go into people's home, I would just, I would just make friends right away. And I made yeah. wonderful friends. And, you know, I remember I was pregnant and I was selling vacuum cleaners and people <laughs> were giving me baby stuff and I would get hugs <laughs> when I left. And so I actually really enjoyed selling vacuums, but not, you know, but things have changed a lot since then. Um, but for me, like I said, it's always been about the customer and building that relationship. And uh, I think that actual training was probably what set you in the right direction because you're in people's homes and, you know, it isn't a, a store that they can walk out on and it's a little hard to ask you to leave if they don't like you. So there is a trust factor on both sides that has to be, has to happen very quickly. You know, that warm rapport and going to someone's home, it, it's something very intimate. So, you know, it's, it sets a platform totally differently. So you've clearly carried that same approach into everything else that you've done. Like it's relationship first. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, whether it was selling vacuum cleaners, that was my stance or, you know, whether it was working with a, you know, a large business owner who, you know, maybe was going through a rough time. I mean, I can be honest and say, you know, I've even shared a few tears over the years with customers that, you know, have really opened their hearts to me. And so I love what I do. And I am proud to be a salesperson. And for me, it isn't, you know, a title that, you know, I think some people are like, Oh, I don't want to be a salesperson. Yeah. But for me, I'm actually, I don't mind being a salesperson. But that's because, you know, it's a way that I've supported myself. Um, you know, since I was 18 years old, but I've always done it from an authentic place. So for yeah. me, and when I'm working with people is I, you know, sometimes we have to talk emotionally about what that means to be a salesperson. And, mm -hmm. you know, what, how, how do you feel about that on the inside? So sometimes, you know, we, in, we even have to analyze that before we even start the foundations of selling is just how they feel about it. Um, and then, you know, what's going to be their stance and how they're going to move forward. And I think uh, one of the huge skills that you need to have is actually learn to listen, you know, let the potential client talk because now you're going to actually know what they need. And, you know, mm -hmm. so, so many people come from a thing of pitching, 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 where you've just pitched me something that I have no use for. Had you had a conversation with me, you would actually then find out what it is I need and whether you can provide it. Right. I've actually um, written a, you know, I use a curriculum when we're actually training people how to sell. And the second step is, um, we call it the understand step, which is where you really dig in and you learn all about your customer. You know, you do some research before just so that you have a little bit of understanding before you get in. But then, like you said, it's really learning to listen to your customer, find out what's important to them. And you know, um, yeah, and there's, you know, there's different techniques for that as well. You know, we talk about when we ask questions, how do we ask questions? You know, do we ask closed ended questions that are only going to lead to a yes and no answer? Or, you know, are the types of questions that we're going to answer something where somebody's not going to feel intimidated by us asking questions, but actually is going to open a really good dialogue uh, as well. So that's, you know, something that we work on in the program.
I don't like those yes or no things because nothing is ever completely yes or no, you know, because right. there's, what are the variables? What are you really asking me? And I feel that there's yes and no is like this closure wanting to come. Right. And, it, and it's, right. a, you know, let's, let's have an inquiry, you know, right. let's have a look at what are the possibilities, you know, where right. could this go? Then you, when you've gathered all that information and you know it's for you, now that yes and no, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested, right. but it's come from you as the client actually understanding that they can fulfill this need. Also, I think a really good salesman is, is actually being able to point out what you need before you even know you need it in right. a really good way, not a pushy, but a good way. Yeah. You know, and I've always said, you know, I'm not with a client to sell them anything they don't want or they don't right. need, right? So, you know, if after, you know, at least, you know, having an open mind and listening, if they decide that it's just not something for them um, and it doesn't resonate with them, it's not something they want or even something that they would benefit from, right. um, you know, then it's, it's not a big deal. You know, perhaps they know somebody that would benefit. That's um, the point. Right, exactly. Wait, that's, I think, what people forget. It's like, oh, I didn't close that deal. But did you leave a seed? Did you leave people right. uh, the feeling that they really, really enjoyed you? They don't have what you, well, you know, what you, what you want, but they most certainly would go, oh, you've got to meet this person. And I'm sure you're looking for this. The referral business is something that it beats an ad any time, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the best types of leads are referrals, yeah. right? So, you know, getting high quality referrals, if you had a great experience with a customer and they had a great experience with you, they're more than willing to share. You know, I think referrals has even become more important, I think, than it even was uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, because nowadays, we're also connected to the internet. So yeah. people aren't just sharing their thoughts and feelings with you, but they're sharing it with their friends and it's on their Facebook. So that relationship, that referral part of the business is even more important. Whereas I think, you know, 25 years ago, it was, you know, more of a slam dunk type of sale, yes. whereas now it's the relationship, you know, how can we exceed the customer's expectations? It is um, so, so easy for, for somebody to, um, be unhappy with you and blast it out on the social media, isn't it? Because, you know, right. we did a social media show, um, this week, um, which is on air and channel and uh, channeling ascensions. And it's, we have to be very, very mindful of what we put mm -hmm. on a social media, but that also comes into when we are promoting something, we don't want you to go, you know, buy this, or I'm doing this or doing that. And I like the ones where they say, have a question, you know, is anybody in need of this? What would be the things you're needing? Open up the dialogue, invite right. people in. And now you're actually being able to say, you know, I have something for that, but we don't right. want to see on social media, this blah, blah, blah of your business, buy this and buy that bypass, bypass, because there is no interaction. Right. So we have to be very mindful. And, but that's also a part of sales, isn't it? You can't get away without having some social media interaction or a website. You've got right. to have something online. Otherwise, you're going to get lost. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of contractors over the years and, you know, maybe they have a website or they don't really like social media or they're intimidated by it. And I say, you know, uh, you know, and they'll say, well, I really like the good old days. And I'll say, well, you know, I hate to say it, but those, those quote unquote good old days are, are kind of, you know, over and things have changed. And as a business owner, we either move with the times um, and be respectful of where the next generation is going yeah. and embrace it. 
um, or unfortunately you get left behind. So, you know, whether we want to participate in social media or not, um, it's out there. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the biggest social media expert, but you have to be aware of it and you have to be able to manage it um, just in the unlikely event that you do have a customer that's not, you know, completely satisfied and they want to share that. Yeah. Um, and they'll, it's like, how do you handle it? So, yes. you know, it's something that it's not going away. Um, and it's something that is important as well. How would you suggest people handle it? Uh, you know, I think first off is that you have to be quick on the draw. So if somebody does make a negative comment, um, you know, you have to be quick to respond, but you have to see it differently. You have to not see it as like a personal attack yeah. against you and see it more actually as an opportunity because it's your opportunity as a business owner to shine. Actually, it's a how are you going to address the problem? Um, how are you going to acknowledge the customer? And then how are you going to turn it around? So if you don't see it as a negative, but as an opportunity and you frame it differently, um, then I don't think it becomes such an, such an issue at all. It also becomes a, a promotion in itself of the way you've handled it. Well, I really like the way they handled that. You right. know, I want to know more about them. If you come back with the knee jerk, you know, guns firing, oh, that person's <laughs> got a temper. I'm certainly not going to, you know, uh, go with them. Uh, so, right. you know, it's, it's owning it, isn't it? You know, so sorry yeah. you were dissatisfied. You know, what yeah. can we do to make it right? Um, and, uh, and at the same time, it's also standing your ground. So it's knowing your, you know, we stand by what we do. If you weren't satisfied, let's do whatever we need to do until you are. And that right. really then, you know, it, it really has a wonderful reflection on you um, right. and on your work. And then people really want to know more about you because we're looking for that, aren't we? We're looking at how are you going to react to this? And right. we, don't, we don't want the trigger happy people. We're in a very volatile world nowadays. And we mm -hmm. really do, we've got enough going on on our own place. So when you're hiring a contract to do some renovations or, or extension or fixing something, you want to know they're not shysters, number one, mm -hmm. right? That they, they can really deliver. They're really mm -hmm. listening. And they really, you know, will do the job for the price they say they're going to do it and oh no no now this needs fixing now that needs fixing and the price is going to go up and up and up and so that honorability is something mm -hmm. that we're looking for and you're only as good as your name and if you're mm -hmm. if you start getting a bad name because you know you're not you're not standing in that honorability you're not going to be in business for a long time no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, the laws of karma, right? You, mm -hmm. you get back what you put out there. And I do believe that. Um, and, you know, sometimes when it comes to home renovations, there is a little bit more that can be involved with a project. But I think it's getting a really good understanding when you first, you know, are going out there, or you're doing that first estimation and being really thorough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether that's, you know, working with a proper estimate sheet and, you know, really being able to estimate uh, the project and not necessarily worrying about coming in as the cheapest contractor. Because right. what I have found over the years is that people don't necessarily want to actually deal with the cheapest person. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I want, you know, I, they're very price driven. Right. Um, but when it comes to homeowners, um, you know, price is not the only deciding factor. So does the contractor have the ability to really look at the project to understand as well for the customer, what is the desired outcome? And, you know, you know, there's gonna be times that maybe he, you know, he isn't going to come out on top. But like you said, how did you handle it? Yeah. And then learning from that, and then making sure the next time you go out and you give an estimate that is definitely one that you can hold to. Right. Um, you know, my, I guess my the way I look at it is always, you know, can I under promise and over deliver? 
right? That's, mm. that's key. So yeah, I mean, for sure. And I think at any time you're doing any form of renovation or anything, there's always a percentage that you have to allow for unknowns. You know, walls come down and suddenly there are surprises, you right. know, and it's, you know, you, there were, they were those uh, building shows, you know, the, oh, what is it? Yeah, like the you home know, renovation. Yeah, the home renovation them. shows. And then the, you know, you'd have the, the wife on the attack, you know, I want to sell, it's, it was this listed all or sell it, you know, or, or right, spray, right. whatever. Love it or listen. Yeah. Right, that's it. There you go. <laughs> and uh, you would always have one of the spouses, you know, oh, they can't deliver. They're, this is ridiculous. What kind of person are they? You know, the angst. And it's like, well, you have an old home that you're trying to mm -hmm. renovate either to stay or to sell. And if you don't expect these things to come across, you know, then who's the short-sighted one? Right. You know, we've got to bear in mind, you know, that, because I've renovated a few houses, there were always surprises and they were always right. costly. So I think a good contractor will always say, this is the amount for the unknown, you know, mm -hmm. because that's being honest. Yeah. And, you know, another way is too, is like I've had, you know, where sometimes that is an unknown is being able to communicate that upfront with the homeowner mm -hmm. and saying, you know, this is what we can do and this is how much it's going to cost. But sometimes when we get in this type of project due to the age of the home, due to, you know, X, Y, and Z factors, there can be an unknown. If we happen to get into that scenario where there is an unknown, I'm going to communicate that to you right away. Right. And, you know, and then they show the homeowner um, and not so they just try to try to sweep it under the rug. Right. So right. this is where we're at with the project. This is what's come up. And, you know, this is the proper way to fix it. And we are going to need X, you know, but I think it's setting that expectation right at the beginning yes. and keeping it like totally transparent. So mm -hmm. I think that's what's really important again, which is coming back to that good communication. Yeah. Now, as you know, in this building world, I mean, when we look at anything, you know, the blueprint and we're building a home or there's something being built, creativity has to come into play. And that means there has to be a vision. Right. And, you know, that if you can step into the vision of why you are doing what you're doing, you're, it's so much easier for you to share that vision with other people, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of manufacturers today have really great tools mm. for envisioning what that end project is going to look like. You know, there's home visualizers out there. I know some of the paint programs, you can kind of see what your room would look like after it's painted. So, you know, I think things are changing rapidly yeah. and I, you know, but again, it's like for the contractor who's selling it, is he going to jump on board and use those tools? And again, is he going to be able to help the homeowner? Because I think it's a lot of great tools actually out there right now. So basically, if you're looking at uh, wanting to do a renovation or do something, it's actually a really good idea to put um, a presentation together. And, right. you know, by utilizing whatever company that, um, you know, may be providing the tools. So, um, I just did a show on passive housing. And right. so there was a video showing exactly why the benefits of it. And then also the pictures of what it could look like right. and, you know, and all of that. And, the, what, you know, don't expect everybody to see it from your point of view. You can see it. But mm -hmm. if you're not painting the picture, they're not getting what you're seeing. Right. So use all these other tools and putting something together. And then there's a lot of aha moments. Oh, I didn't know that. I can see it now. Right. So, you know, don't be impatient. Be mm -hmm. patient enough to put a package together that your clientele can see. Right, exactly. And, you know, a lot of, um, you know, people, they'll, you know, a lot of contractors I've dealt with over the years are like, oh, you know, I just shoot a price over the telephone. Well, right. if you do that, you know, you're probably 
you know, you might get the sale, but it's only going to be based on price, not that relationship, which is then, you know, what are the quality of the referrals? But again, if you, like you said, put together a proper estimate or package, you know, perhaps you, whatever the, you know, the materials that they're, whether it's hardwood flooring, um, windows, are they checking out the manufacturer's website? Um, You know, what kind of brochures are you providing? What kind of insight about the project? So there's just a ton of room um, for you to really be the expert as well in um, understanding what the project is all about. Yeah, it's not you yourself having to create all of these videos or anything else. It's already done for you. As you said, all right. these manufacturers have the materials. They've already got something. What you're doing is just putting it together in a package and right. saying, you know, this kind of flooring is this, this kind of flooring is that. There's the little video and the stats on it and letting the people choose for themselves. Right. And also there's a way of them not coming back on you afterwards. Oh, I didn't, right. you just sold me that. No, we gave you a choice the educated choice of what was presented. So in that way, it's also a lot of protection in that too. Yeah, you know, and I think consumers today are really, you know, they're actually, usually a lot of times they're very educated. A lot of times they've actually done the research before they even call the contractor and they already have a pretty good idea in mind of what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes, you know, in some cases we find that the homeowner ends up knowing even more about the materials that are going to be used than the contractor himself because things change very quickly. Yes. Um, So, you know, what's really important though is like, hey, like you said, it's like, it's like the important stuff, like showing up on time being integ you know integrous with your word um you know and also like the fine details like when you come in you know do you put on little booties you know to obviously not get dirt on their floor and you know what is your attention to removing the garbage after or what is your attention to the final cleanup so again there's really a lot that can go into sales without even selling a product Yes, exactly. And I think if you are going to be that independent contractor whether you are just an independent working one-on-one with the clientele whether you're a subcontractor working with the big contractors, they really do want to know that you are going to clean things up, you know, do it right to the end, be reliable, turn up on time because uh, time is money in this business, isn't it? Um, Yeah, absolutely. And nobody wants the cost of having to get rid of something at the end, you know, the debris, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, from a homeowner's perspective, that's what you're looking for is just someone that's going to come in and do a great job. And, you know, you're going to kind of at the end of the project, you're going to get that wow factor, right? Which is, which is really the win, right? They're, they're wild, they're happy, and they're going to, they're going to give you referrals. Oh, yeah. You know, being a little upset that, you know, it looked great, but you know, there's fingerprints all over the place. You know, it's, it's really all in the details, I find. So do you think that there is a totally different sales approach for somebody who's going straight to the homeowner or a a subcontractor that is actually um, approaching a contractor that's got a big job and they're going to subcontract that? Is there a different approach? Well, you know, I think when it comes to sales, sales is sales and there is some foundations. And then it's like you have to understand certain principles of sales um, and then you can sort of tweak it for what whatever it is that you're doing, whether, you know, you're a subcontractor going after the big the big block stores um, to do some work for them or whether you're selling to the homeowner or whether you're working for a general contractor. I think it's, you know, you do have to understand who you're working for and they will be slightly different, but when it comes to sales, really, I mean, there is like some foundations that there's a process to it and there's some definite things that it doesn't matter if you're selling real estate um, or you're selling cars or you're selling hardwood flooring, there is definitely some principles that are the same across the board. 
Yeah, it's not, you know, back in then, my mum was absolutely brilliant at finding a handyman that could come in and do a job and always somebody that was great. You know, I, I didn't seem to have that luck. You know, I ended up with the Mickey Mouse person that, you know, put everything skew. But she always found that great handyman. And we really don't have that today, do we? You know, it's... Um, really today whether you are very very good at one thing or the other you really do have to step into some sales skills sales approach uh, because that handyman word of mouth or just find them in the yellow pages isn't there anymore so it doesn't matter how good you are at I can do this and I can do that or I'm a handyman and I'm good at all sorts of jobs you still got to put that package together you still got to know those sales skills because yeah, oh, that's what sets you apart yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you do have to present yourself very professionally and people, you know, their level of what they're looking for now is up here um, mm -hmm. compared to what it used to be a bit down here. So we are finding, like you said, um, you know, having a website, well, obviously number one, business cards, things like that, but it goes beyond that. It's like, hey, you know, what's your presentation and whether it's on your iPad or whether, you know, it's still as a, you know, a folder with information and stuff, you still do have to be professional. I'm not saying that everybody is still doing that. Um, but if you're not, I, you know, I, I think they're a little bit behind the eight ball because I think, yeah. it, I think it's really important. And, you know, when, when I work with people, you know, the thing I, sometimes people get stuck with, but I can do it for this much for, you know, and they get stuck sort of in being that lowest cost provider. Yes. And I try to work with them and say, you know, price isn't everything. It's important. It's a, it's a factor that you're not going to yeah. ignore, but it is not 100% everything. And, you know, you're going to be in business for the long run if you're making profits yes. and, you know, making profit is not a dirty word at right. all. Yes. Um, yes. You know, it's what makes the world go round. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, and I find a lot of homeowners, they end up buying somewhere in the middle. They don't necessarily go with the lowest price person because they don't trust that. And they might not have the ability to go with the highest price person, um, but they're, they want to land somewhere in the middle. So the price needs to be fair. And yes. if, I think if the service is good and the price is fair, I think you're going you're gonna to find you're going to land a lot of business in there. Right. Um, but I do work with a lot of contractors and we talk about profitability and, you know, what kind of profits are you making and what's reasonable and where do you need to be and that type of thing. One has to always be mindful that you're only as good as your next job. You know, right. like when you're doing this job, the, you've already got to kind of be setting something else up, which doesn't mean you divert your attention, but you've got to be savvy enough to be actually send out leads or response or how would you suggest other than the social media that people actually do promote themselves out there is the well, I mean, yellow pages i don't is it google nowadays you know right well definitely google is you know a big part of it you know we're all you know when we are looking for something i think a lot of us really we google it right away yeah. um you know are you coming to the top of google i mean i you've got to sort of be at least on page number one being you know on page two or three probably isn't good enough. And if you're down at like 25, that's not yeah. good either. So you want to, and then, you know, like, is your website mobile friendly? Because what we find yes. is that most people initially are looking on their, um, their mobile devices and they're like, Hey, you know, um, whatever, you know, roofing companies near me. Um, so that, you know, is important. Um, it's not the only way, you know, of course there's business associations, right. um, you know, flyers there's all types of different marketing but you know definitely having a good web presence makes a lot of sense and it is a must 
Yeah, I mean, in the interviewing I'm doing, when people say, well, I don't have, I've just got Facebook. And I say, well, you know, that's great if it's in the moment stuff. But if people want to refer back to something, you know, those things are scrolled down, you know, they're lost, you know, past the day or two. So it's, I mean, it's very, very important that you have web presence. And of course, you've got simple things like Wix today, which is very easy to put in. But it's also the ability to take a good photograph of the work you've done with permission from the person that you've done it for and, and let it speak for itself and try to get a testimony from the person saying job was great. Make sure it goes up on that site because that right. shows your validity of who you are, a happy clientele. You're not trying to sell them a sales pitch. There's the proof of the pudding, right. the product, they right. did, the happiness with the job. Right. And yeah, again, having that image, whether it's a before and after image gallery on your website, or even being able to put those pictures on your iPad or your laptop or your phone and being able to show the homeowners, um, you know, here is a project that I did was similar. And here's the before and here's the after. So again, you know, that's all part of it, right? And those getting and then it, hey, you know, if the customer is really happy, you know, like, why not ask them for a testimonial or ask them if they could refer a customer to call them, you know, that Yes, really important. So a lot of contractors say, well, I just want to go and use my hammer and nails. I don't want to do any of this. But if you want to be continually employed, um, right. you know, to do your hammer and nails, this is part of the business. You know, um, I interview an awful lot of authors and it used to be that your publicist would do all your advertising, your turn up for signings and that's it. You know, right. now even with the big publishing houses, you've got to do your own self-promotion. You've got to get out there podcasting, book signing and everything else but for a lot of people it's uncomfortable for them but then if you step into it with the knowledge of how and what really will benefit you and where now you're actually going to see that it's far less work than you think it is and it's so much more beneficial for you but it, you right. have to do it if you want to be out there don't you Right. And, you know, I think with any job that we have, whether you're working for yourself or you're working for an employer, there's going to be aspects of your job that you're really going to enjoy. Yes. And there's going to be aspects of your job that you're really not going to love. And, you know, in sales, um, cold calling, for instance, is, yes. you know, thing that a lot of salespeople really dread, like the dreaded cold yes. call or door knocking. But sometimes, unfortunately, especially if you're just getting going, that can be a part of it. So because like you said, you always have to have future business. So what's coming into your pipeline, and you always need to be filling that pipeline for future work. I mean, it's important to sell deep, but you also want to, um, you know, have the width as well so you know you just have to understand um you know i remember like i said when i was selling vacuums and we learned how to door knock um you know and how to sort of like get ourselves in the door and you know at first that was really terrifying um but it didn't become it i guess it, i just took it on as a challenge so yeah. if you don't see it necessarily as something that you dread but just if you see it more as a personal challenge um then you can it gives you a chance to really excel Right. I mean, it's the simple thing, isn't it? You've gone into a neighborhood, um, have a flyer that you can put on the neighborhood doors and, uh, with, you know, we are doing work at such and such. Should you be interested? I'm happy to give you a quote while we're in the neighborhood, you know, because then people go, oh, yeah, I've got something they needs to be doing. Or they ask, you know, the neighbor, how are they doing? So right there could be future work for you, right? It's just, it just takes a few minutes to just to go around and reach out. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. We had our house painted last year and they put up a lawn sign mm-hmm. that said this house has been painted by this, you know, mm-hmm. particular contractor. And we had a lot of neighbors um, because we had just moved to our house three years ago and it was sort of a very old dated color. And we wanted to, you know, bring it up to something that looked a little bit nicer and more modern, a little mm-hmm. bit more welcoming. And a lot of neighbors right away, obviously, you know, painting a whole house created a bit of a stir, but a yes. lot of people said, Hey, you know, I'm looking just to, you know, repaint, you know, the bottom half of my house or, you know, just the, um, the trim around the house. Right. And, you know, and of course they're going to ask, how was your experience with this contractor? Yes. And, you know, would you refer him? And I, you know, I think they did, they did a really good job. And I think they picked up three other jobs just on our, on our block alone. So right. those are so important. And yeah, you know, in sales training, we do talk a bit about marketing as well. Um, which is like you said, those things, those flyers and, mm-hmm thank you cards and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that goes a long way. Thank you cards. You know, something that uh, the word even thank you nowadays is not as, <laughs> as prevalent as it should be. But, um, you know, uh, it, it all goes back to that one word, relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, that's the foundation for everything. I'm in the relationship business, I'm in the helping business, and I'm in the serving business. Um, and when you think about it that way, um, you know, being a salesperson is it's actually an honor. Yes, I mean, you. Um, I know of myself. If uh, if somebody's done a job for me, when it comes up to doing something else, the first person I'm going to go to is someone who's done a job for me in the in the past. Right. Uh, because you know, a that trust factor is there. You know that they delivered, mm-hmm. and so why you know why reinvent the wheel? So you're developing a relationship. It's not just for that job. Goodbye. Thank you. You know, it comes to Christmas. Christmas cards out to the clients that you've worked with. Right. I mean, I've, I don't think people really understand of how such something so little can mean something so big right exactly it's just you know sometimes when we first meet with a customer it's just acknowledging their time you know taking that moment to thank them you know we're all busy we all have a million things on the go and it's just like hey you know thank you for meeting with me today I appreciate your time Um, you know that goes a long ways again just as thanking them for the opportunity to serve them or thanking them for the business you know this um where I am right now, uh, there's a job being done and um, the person doing it is extremely cranky. And, uh, and a couple of things have been done wrong, which he refused to take ownership of. Uh, right. So then the screaming match. And right. that doesn't lead to a good relationship. So whether there has been a misunderstanding or miscommunication, you have to own it at least 50%. And not right. argue because that's not going to get you any references for another job. Right. And I mean, it does sound like it's been a bit of a miscommunication mm-hmm. problem. Um, and perhaps that came from, you know, in that second step of the understand stage that yeah. perhaps he didn't really understand. And sometimes, you know, we don't read, you know, we can't read each other's minds. So sometimes yeah. you have to get really clear with each other. You know, when I'm working with selling sales training and I'm, you know, talking to a business owner, I might ask them, you know, how would you define this to be a success? successful program. Um, And, you know, maybe it's dollars, maybe it's profit margins, but maybe the definition of success isn't even measured that way. Perhaps it's like, you know, they're um, having their employees build confidence or perhaps it's in low employee turnover. So I think you have to get really clear with your end customer on what, you know, what's going to make them happy and how are they going to define that? So again, like you said earlier, Sarah, it's coming back to that listening. Yes. 
And, you know, you hit on a huge point there is that um, the boss that looks after his team, you know, with listening, with making them feel they're a part of the company, not just an employee, you know, it builds loyalty and it just shows you respect my work here in this company why would i want to go be looking anywhere else so you're actually creating a family and uh, and then everybody's out to help one another isn't it you know it becomes really a supportive system right there and that right there and then and i know that there's some organizations that there's so many people that it's hard mm -hmm. for them to do it well then pocket it off have each division have that kind of community within themselves um because um, again, somebody else I know is working for a um, a window company uh, where mm -hmm. they you know put all the windows together, and he said you know every week the boss buys them all lunch together, and if he makes a, a certain bonus you know over and above, he shares it with his with his staff, and you know everybody really enjoys working there, and wants to hold on to that job because they're being treated with respect, and that increases the sales. Right? right. And so we have to actually understand how you treat your, your workers is, is going to be a direct reflection on, on what's going to uh, happen with production. And what we actually have found is that it's not even necessarily the companies that always pay the highest wages that actually retain their employees. Mm -hmm. Because what we're finding with, especially the younger generation, is that the wage isn't the whole deciding factor. Yes. Um, that they want to know what is the work environment, what's the flexibility, you know, benefits come in there, but what is the social aspect of yeah. the work? And how am I going to feel about working? I think we're seeing you know, years ago was everything was very top heavy and a lot of structure and, you know, it was, you know, the VP, the, all the VPs. And, you know, I think there's still structure, obviously, yes. in business, but I think we're seeing some of that being redefined and we're seeing more small teams. And yes, you might have a big company, but, you know, how is, how is the team being worked together and how are we liaisoning with other teams? So, mm. you know, I think the dynamics at work um, is really changing as well. You know, it used to be you went and did your job, you know, eight to five, you got a paycheck, you may not particularly like it, but it was a job. Right. And as you said, with the millennials today, it's like, I'm not going to give eight hours of my day every right. day and not enjoy it. I want to enjoy what I do. And so as you right. said, if there's that social, that community, that camaraderie there, not only do they do a better job, but, you know, everybody then again is more supportive of each other and they're less likely to kind of want to leave and go look for something else. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, one of the examples that we use sometimes when we're working with um, different small companies is like when you walk into an Apple store, uh, all the employees generally seem pretty happy. They're having a good time. And like, what do you notice? Well, the work environment is pretty social. Yes. Um, they all sort of help each other. Um, There's sort of this upbeat environment and, you know, they all obviously dress professionally, but, you know, there's just something to be said, you know, whether you're an Apple fan or you're not, um, there is something to be said about what happens in that energy when you walk in an Apple store. So sometimes when we're working with business owners, we talk about, hey, how can we bring some of that energy to your team? Because that's going to spill over to your end customer as well. Right. And of course, a lot of the time building is seasonal, isn't it? There's some things that can only be done during particular seasons. And that means it's longer hours. It's more stressful. And of course, the, you know, the more you're, you know, you're in tuned with your staff, uh, the more they're willing to put in those extra hours and go that extra mile because they understand this is the season. And it's, right. you know, not cracking the whip. You will deliver, you know, <laughs> everybody's willing to give more. If mm -hmm. it's been uh, respected and you know, received, you know, with gratitude. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. A lot of, especially in the building industry, a lot of it is very seasonal, whether, you know, your season's in the summertime or, you know, you're doing like power washing in the spring. Um, you know, there is definitely a lot of these things have a bit of a cycle to them. Um, and again, it's like being able to manage that, which can be tough. Um, you know, when I'm working with business owners, that's something we talk about. And it can definitely be tough. But, you know, I think every employer out there is just always looking for really great people with the right attitude. Um, and I think a lot of it you know a lot of skills can be learned but it's having that right attitude to start off with mm -hmm. and you know when it comes to pricing you know a lot of people may look at, oh that's so much for a job but you have to bear in mind that you know this is not um, what they're making every single day you know is um, you may have a gap between the next job and whatever you've earned in this job has got to carry you through until the next job we're looking right. at that and so much in, in every business today isn't it that you know the guaranteed 40 hours a week consistent pay if you mm -hmm. are an entrepreneur or a subcontractor it's only as good as the next job and you've got to make sure you carry yourself in those in between times yeah. And, you know, I think even when it comes to pricing structures, I think things are being looked at a little bit differently. Um, you know, I had this uh, conversation with a friend of mine who works in procurement and, you know, just the, even in the way that they purchase. And she said, you know, sometimes the way that we looked at pricing or purchasing items, you know, 20 years ago might not be the best step for today. So yeah. like, for instance, with contractors, you know, are they waiting for the whole job to be paid? Or, you know, could there be milestone payments? Or there's, you know, just it sometimes it's just something that takes another a secondary look at it. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think actually, you know, the, the tier payment as you go type of thing, I think it's a good idea. Because, you know, sometimes you end up with somebody on the other end saying, I haven't got the money. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, no. You know, this is what you have to protect yourself on too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I think it also like, even if you do like a milestone payment, you know, and again, this is just like one option, but it's again, communicating with that homeowner. How do you like the quality of the work so far? And it gives everybody that chance just to make sure everybody's on the same page as well. So, you know, that can, that can be a good strategy for some. So it doesn't really matter if you're a bricklayer or if you're an architect or whoever you are, everybody needs that sales training. You know, it's the fundamentals. It's what's expected of you from a clientele or even if you're, you know, pitching to another contractor, you know, it's all very well, you can put these bricks together, but you know, you also want that presentation. So it, for a lot of people, they've chosen this business because they just like, you know, the, the lane, the bricks and the water, they don't really want to deal with people. But the more comfortable they get with it because of the knowledge, you know, they, they don't get so bothered by it. And of course, they're going to be hired over other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So whether you like it or not, step into it. Because right. uh, taking a sales course, um, I'm really understanding a, what your client wants, how to present it, how to put your package together, how to do pricing, you know, how to do the marketing, how to do all of that. Yeah, it sounds all intimidating at first, but the whole point is you're giving them the how-to. And right. at the end of this, the sales course, they now have the tools in their kit to go know how to do it and not feel intimidated by it. Right. And sometimes, you know, I meet with people and they're like, well, you know, I know how to sell and maybe they know everything about their product. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they know everything about this widget and that widget and all the specs. Um, but, you know, understanding your product is important, but it's not the only aspect of selling. It's just that's one small part. Yes. Um, and so like there are some subliminal things that go go into sales there's you know a lot of stuff has been written on the psychology of sales um and so you know sometimes when people say that you know then we talk about their numbers and 
you know, maybe they're not as high on their goals, you know, they haven't achieved as much of their goals as they would like to. And again, defining what that goal is, and how we can get there. And so what are you doing? How is it working? And you know, what are some areas for improvement? And we can all, you know, life is a journey, right? Yes, and so exactly. we all have areas that we can improve on. And you know, even myself, even though I'm a sales trainer, I, I'm always still looking to improve myself. It's, it's always a learning journey. And be willing to go with the flow, redirect, change. Because if you're still working on the paradigm of 10 or 20 years ago, you're going to get left behind. You know, again, especially, I think this is something that's really important in whatever trade you're in, is to make sure that you take those courses, which are generally, I think, free if they're from manufacturers, of actually understanding new products and new systems, et cetera. Because if not, somebody else is going to come up with something that's more efficient, um, with a, a quicker or an easy way of doing it, and you're going to be left behind. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's not a surprise that companies that invest in training generally make more sales and more profit. Yeah. Um, and manufacturers, you're right, they do offer training, and I've done a lot of that types of training myself. Of course, you know, as a business owner, you do have to understand that the manufacturer is there to sell their product. So the nice thing about independent sales training um, is that it's a it's very non-biased. So it's not for for you know any particular manufacturer. It's just like about equipping your sales team with the tools and skills that they need to be effective in sales. Um, But definitely both go hand in hand and manufacturer training is important as well because your um, salespeople definitely need to understand their products. So that type of training is important. But I also think that independent sales training is important as well because you're developing sort of more of those personal interrelationship skills as well. Yes. Um, do you actually go in and work with uh, building companies where you actually work with everybody in the building company on, on sales? Right. So I do some of that, which was, you know, we do have developed a day program, um, which we can come in and we can do like a full day of training all of their sales staff. And then we have a follow up program as well, so that it's not just like a one day and then we leave. Um, but we could we have some accountability. Um, and, at, you know, whether they sign on for a few months, a couple quarters or a full year, we want to, you know, the most important thing for me as a sales trainer is, you know, how do they define success? And what are those results they want to get? And how are we going to get there? So them achieving the results that they want is really, really important for us. Um, That's number one. Um, So we can do that. Um, But a lot of smaller people, um, contractors, they just want help one one on one, or perhaps they're looking to hire just a sales rep for their company. And so they want me to come in and just train one particular sales rep. So, you know, with what I do, I always have to be adaptable to the customers. So we always tailor it for each specific customer. So whether you want us to come in and work with one employee, multiple employees at the same time, uh, different times, you know, we can do things remotely or we can do it in person. I personally um, still like best of all is just working one-on-one individually in person. I think that has the biggest impact. But when we're looking at long-term follow-up, Um, you know, whether it's a monthly call that we make with the team or with an individual. Um, But having that accountability and following up is really important. Yes, I think that, you know, huge point there, follow up, it doesn't matter what business you're in, follow up, you know, again, the the thank you letter, or are you satisfied? Um, You know, is anything else you need down the road? Remember me, but you know, follow up, you don't just disappear off the scene, right? 
Well, and you know, my stance is that we're not just sales training, but we're training partners, mm. um, which means that I really like to get to know the business, understand like what the, what the current industry, you know, what's happening in their industry, what kind of challenges they're facing, you know, what are their strengths? How do they separate themselves from the competition? So I really want to know everything I can about that company because I want to really be able to serve them and I want them to get the results that they're looking for. Um, and again, I don't like to come in and just do it one time approach. I really want that relationship and I want to work with them for a longer period of time um, and even if that means you know less money for us I really want to help them that's really really important to me that's why I became a coach is I love right. helping people and when I see that light bulb go on in their eyes and when I see them land that next sale for me you know I get really excited about yeah. that I'm very passionate about that so, I mean, you can teach the fundamentals, the core, the, the basic tools, but, you know, because of the industry, there is always something else that you need to refine on or, or uh, mm -hmm. redefine um, or a new technique that's out there. So actually having you as a, as a coach, you know, having done one program, it's really, really good then to come back to you with a, a you know, a brush up. Uh, on what else is out there or a different approach. You could be have done the sales thing and you're only actually talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. All of a sudden now it, it's become bigger for you and, and now you need a totally different new sales approach in order to, to approach the big guys or a, yeah. bigger, a bigger deal. So it, you're that kind of mentor and that coach in the background that can keep being there, being that support and help them with that next level. Right. And, you know, Sarah, uh, you know, top athletes, they all have personal yes. coaches, right? Yes. Um, you know, whether you're high up in politics, you're going to have personal advisors. And, you know, it's no surprise that people that are out on top generally have worked with other people um, and have coaches to what, whatever they're doing, um, mentors, coaches, that type of thing. And, you know, the reason is we just can't all be and do every single thing, but why yeah. not leverage somebody else that can help you and, you know, might have seen things from a different perspective or can even motivate or inspire you as well. Right. You know, um, whether you're working with somebody who's just, you know, a young entrepreneur trying to get build their business um, in their independent business uh, or whether it's working with a big corporation you've got the fundamentals but you've got the different level packages according right. to what people have so you know maybe a, a young entrepreneur can only afford so much right now but then mm -hmm. all of a sudden because of that that sales training they're getting busy and now they're really ready to go up to that next level and of course which again you, you you're there to step in and help them with that next level so it doesn't matter whether you're working with a big corporation or small company or an individual you'll work with them all yeah no absolutely and you have to remember that it's really directed by the customer mm -hmm. um you know and how many sessions they want to put in they're looking at a basic sales course and they're like okay you know we've got some of that down already but you know that part about overcoming objections you know mm -hmm. um a lot of people out there they say the hardest part about closing a sale is actually is actually closing the deal um yes. and so they're you know, they're able to do a lot of the other steps so sometimes you know we we still go through the steps because i always believe in having a solid foundation but sometimes they want more of like a recap, a summary of one session, and then we look at another part and we specialize and we work together on, you know, what it is that they really need some help on. So whether it's having difficult conversations with um, their end customers or their suppliers, things like that, um, and now, you know, navigating those difficult conversations, if that's where they want to go first, you know, we can do that, but, or if we want to do a, a recap on the basics and then 
dive into that and do a, a you know deeper dive in, in one particular area. But it really, when it comes to sales training, it's really directed by the customer and, you know, obviously what fits in their budget. And we're going to work around that. Um, but also, you know, what is it that they want from it and um, how do they want to get there? What, um, what would you actually say to somebody, whether it's an individual or a company right now, on what you're offering them? Um, what would you want them to know? Well, I mean, I'm a sales trainer, like I said, been in the building products industry for a long time. Um, but I, like I said, I really want to help people. Um, I really, if you're not getting the sales, um, if you're not hitting the goals that you want to get, or you're not making the profits, or you know, there's more opportunity, and you just haven't figured it out yet. Um, you know, it's always just worth um, a phone call. It's worth some time just to, you know, we can just talk about things up front. I don't, you know, it's not like I charge for just having a conversation. And sometimes people will say to me, well, you know, how much do you charge? And, you know, I always say like, we're not going to go there right away unless you know for sure that, you know, I'm even somebody that would, you would want to work with. Um, right. And so we have to get to know each other and know if it's going to be a mutually benefit, you know, beneficial relationship. So just talking to somebody, you know, doesn't, doesn't cost anything. And then right. we know, if I, I know first off, if I'm going to be able to help them and if I'm the right trainer, or perhaps, you know, I'm, I'm very well connected in the training industry, perhaps I know somebody else that, you know, would even be better. And I have no problem referring somebody as well, because I want to, like I said, I'm very committed to the results that they receive. So I want to make sure that whoever I work with as well, um, is going to be able to get those results. So, um, yeah, so we can do, you know, really, like I said, when it comes to sales training, it's really up to them. Um, if you're just looking to train a rep, you're looking for some additional help, um, as a business owner, as a contractor, uh, whether you want to invest in sort of like larger type training in a classroom, we can do that. Um, we can do things online as well, um, remotely, if, you know, if it's just not within the cards that we're not close enough to each other. Um, but really, like I said, I'm going to tailor it for whatever, what their needs are. Yeah. You hit on a very, very big point. Um, just because, you know, you can have this client if there is a friction or if there is just not a connection, mm -hmm. don't take the job because, you know, right back to the beginning, you talked about sales is about a relationship and you want to have a relationship with your clientele. You want to have a relationship with the clientele that you're helping. And if there is a disconnect, if you're just kind of speaking a different language or there isn't that synergy, you're never mm -hmm. going to be able to give them what they truly need. And yeah, a, a different type of person will do so. And I think that's very important when you're actually even picking your clientele. If, you know, if there is just a homeowner or somebody there that it's just not for you, decline the job. Because yeah. otherwise you're opening up, you know, some possibilities of friction along the way. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be mutually beneficial. Like I said, I'm in the helping business. I want to help people. But, you know, at the same time, like you said, there has to be a synergy and there has to be an energy. And if I'm not the right fit, I'm I'm not going to take it personally. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, if I can help coordinate and facilitate where they're going to get along better with somebody else. And, you know, I've sometimes I've been that for in some companies I've worked for, um, you know, whether it's like the customer is not getting along with their rep and it's just not working. And sometimes I've come in as, um, you know, just a different approach yeah. um, and I'm able to look at things differently. And, and then, you know, when I'm working with the, the salesperson that, you know, perhaps was rejected, I, you know, then we have to work through that relationship between us and saying, you know, like sometimes I'm just not going to connect with the customer and they might totally connect with you better than me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's hard, you know, at first, I think sometimes that can be kind of hard, but that took me a little bit of time to learn. But once you realize that it needs to be the right fit and if it's not, there's 
still plenty, you know, your tribe is out there. You're going to find the people that are going to work yes. well with you. So that, and, that's and don't let the money drive, you know, the, 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 the dollar drive you or oh, that person, right. cheaper, that's this or that's that. And I'm going to do it because again, you know, the, the conflict of any form of constructural work or, or dealing with anything, there's always going to be some stresses that come along. And if you haven't developed a relationship, those stresses are going to get magnified and, you know, become that of volcanic eruption. So having that relationship right up front, when anything ever does pop up its head, you can now rationally talk about it and resolve it. But if there's friction, you know, it could be something that's not worthwhile. So it's very, very important that you do have that connection and that synergy with the person and anything that you do. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah, like you said, you know, if the, if the end customer just sees dollar signs yes. in the salesperson's eyes, they're kind of completely pick up on that. Like, just yeah. like if the salesman like really, or saleswoman really needs a sale, they're like really desperate for it. Trust me, that customer is going to sense that. And that's yes. like the worst place that you can work from. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I think I always focused a little bit less on the sale and yeah. just more the relationship and helping the customers. And you know what? The sales, our natural byproduct. And exactly. Beautiful part. And exactly. you know what, if you work from that place, um, you know, I remember when I, I was, you know, working for a particular manufacturer and I was dealing with this big business owner and I thought, oh my word, this guy's been in the business for 50 years. And, you know, I'm like, how am I going to, you know, I'm coming in as a young woman and how am I going to help him? And he said, you know, what's really important to me? He says, not that you know everything about this industry because, you know, I've been in it forever. But he said, you know, from time to time, all manufacturers are going to struggle. And when that happens, I just need you to have the integrity to call me and talk to me. Yes. And, you know, to be honest, there was times when I really did have to pick up the phone. And that was really, really hard because I was afraid to lose a big account. But I would say, you know, mm, something's kind of going on right now. And you know what? It never, it never uh, came back on me. He, you know, the owner would be like, you know, I really respect the fact that you told me the honest truth. I, because therefore I can plan my business accordingly. Yeah. And the, the result was that actually sales went up and yeah, maybe for a short period of time, there was a little decline in one particular product or something, but overall the sales increased because I had, you know, a let them uh, plan their business accordingly but every time they called, I picked up the phone, or at least I returned that phone call within an hour or two. Or when they emailed me, I always returned the emails. But, you know, I didn't run and hide when there was a problem. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, everybody's going to have problems in business. That's natural part. And, again, how are you going to react? Are you going to turtle and run um, and ignore those phone calls and emails? Or are you going to step up to the plate and say, you know what, there is this problem. Um, or, or, you know, I don't have the perfect answer, but I'm going to work. And as, you know, as soon as we can get this together, or I'm going to keep you informed. And that is what is really, really important. Yes, exactly. Um, I was a sales rep in South Africa for a couple of companies. And quite honestly, I didn't know everything about the product that they knew much better because they were using it day in and day out. Right. But what it came down to is what service was I giving them? I am the person that's representing you know the manufacturer and this is my customer but very often there was a disconnect so you are that connection in between so by listening to what your client really knows they know what the product is but maybe uh, it's the delivery or maybe it's this or maybe it's that that they need the help on and you take that back to you know to the manufacturer and saying this is really what they need in the services um now you you're building that beautiful um 
connection between manufacturer and you know and uh, retailer and now you know there is a, a communication so there can be that flexibility there can be that need it's when it's absolute or there isn't any connection that's when you start losing people so again listening paying attention and addressing the situation and making them feel they're not flapping in the wind that you really right. are hearing them and you're trying to resolve the problem and that's right. really where that builds the longevity doesn't it Right. And then really in a lot of ways, you end up being like that liaison, right? Yes, I always, yes. I guess I've always thought of myself kind of, even if I'm working for a company, as still an independent because at the end of the day, you know, um, what I own is myself, mm -hmm, right? And mm -hmm. um, I own my career. And so I'm not owned by, you know, any particular company that I work for. I own myself. And, you know, I've always treated my sales profession as like my number one aspect. Um, and so, you know, yeah, like, the, you know, so I think I always kind of felt like, you know, I was kind of working independently while working for a company and that I was always listening to the customer and trying to have their best interest. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to toe the, co the company line, but you know, it's uh, definitely, you know, you want that win-win situation for everybody. Don't compromise yourself. Right. You know, we know you want the job, but don't compromise yourself because again, it goes back to either that desperation or that disconnect where people don't feel that they've got the real you. Always step into you, you know, and uh, uh, you'll know if there's something you need to walk away from because that's not being respected. Or, mm -hmm. And sometimes you do in a job. You have to say, look, I cannot. I have to walk away. This is not working. It's, it's going to be conflicting for both of us. And you have to know when that is. Um, yes, if you've got a job, you're trying to finish it. Even if you get somebody else to finish it for you because you can't, you know, it's just don't lose yourself along the way because that's really who, who all you've got. Right. So you have to work from an authentic place. So at the end yeah. of the day, you're the one that has to live with yourself, right? Yes, and yes. it's your career. You're the manager of your own career. In a lot of ways, you're the manager of your own destiny. Yes. Um, and so you have to always manage that. And, you know, if you're working for somebody and they're not working ethically or with integrity, I mean, you can leave. Yes. Right. And always find something else that's going to be a better fit for you because at the end of the day like I said I really value myself as a salesperson mm -hmm. um, and I know that can be taken anywhere exactly your dream as we see behind you there um, <laughs> you know and and for you it's not as you said it's not about the sale it's about right. the connection it's about you offering a service right. uh, that enables people to actually get out there and fulfill their dreams right yeah you're in the helping and the serving business aren't you yeah Exactly, exactly. And that's, and you know, there is no one person that can do it all on our own. We need help along the way. We need other people's expertise. And when we're open to receiving and listening and applying, you know, then we will actually feel, you know, I've really got that knowledge. But there are sometimes you've got to reach out to someone and say, beyond me, help, <laughs> right? And be willing to learn and to listen because we are not everything in this one package we're not meant to be we've all got a gift we've all got a forte and uh we need to learn from the people who've been given that gift such as you so having said that will you tell people how they can be a part of your program what you're offering how they get hold of you etc Oh, sure. Yeah. So I do have a website, which is www.honorsales.com. Um, or you could shoot me through an email at srmcneil at honorsales.com. And I'm sure that you'll be putting that up on your website yes, as well. Um, and I will provide my phone number as well. So I'm very definitely going to be very reachable. But all my contact information is on the website. Again, just www.honorsales.com. 
And just a, on an, and another thing is that you're a give back person too. And you have this uh, wonderful um, releasing children from poverty compassion uh, right. program. So will you tell people a little bit about that so we can drive them to seeing that? Okay, sure. Absolutely. I, I really, I'm very passionate about compassion. So a few years ago, I traveled to India and I had a sponsored um, girl named Nishat um, through the compassion program. And I had decided, it had been a lifelong dream really to go to India. And I had decided to volunteer with the missionaries of charity. Uh, so at the mother house um, at Shishubhavan, which is an orphanage. But while I was doing that, I had the chance to travel out and meet my sponsored child, Nishat, um, which was just an absolute moving event. Um, just something that really changed my life. My, that, in fact, that whole trip to India um, was a lifelong dream. And I just decided that I wasn't going to let life pass me by. Mm -hmm. So I booked a flight, figured out how I would be a volunteer, and I flew there. Um, it was my first trip to Asia, and I went alone. So, um, you know, it was really hard, but it was also very rewarding. Uh, while I was in India, I was very... Um, a little bit overcome with the poverty that I yes. saw, you know, I went right into the slums. Um, and so I saw a lot. And, you know, for a while, it kind of threw me into like a little bit of a funk, because I just felt like, wow, like, you know, we're so blessed, we have mm. so many opportunities where we live. And it's just because of where I was born. And so, you know, I think I felt a little bit powerless. And then I realized, you know, after a while that I had to take back that power. And what could I do? And I realized, you know, I'm not going to change and end, you know, world poverty myself. You know, if I stood out on the street and gave away all my money, it, you know, it would hardly make a difference. But I could do my one small part. And if we all do our one small part, we make a big change. Absolutely. So I thought, well, what can I do? And so I know that I've, you know, been in sales my whole life. And I thought, well, you know, I could start a business and I could do some coaching and, um, and then I could give a portion of that back to a great organization. And I chose compassion because, um, like I said, I've had a sponsored child for a long time and I really got to know the program and I knew about their financial integrity and how important that was and protecting children and their, you know, helping women with businesses. And I just really really like their whole approach. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to choose to get behind this one program. Like I know there's many great organizations out there. But again, I'm just doing my one small part. So I've worked with compassion and a part of all the proceeds that we make is given back to compassion. We're working on a particular project this year, which is building a learning center and one of their mm -hmm. compassion um, and in one of their compassion centers. So, you know, we're having textbooks and books and, and things like this. So I really believe in compassion. And again, it's just me doing my one small part. Um, and so that, you know, is at the core of one of the largest reasons why I started Honor Sales. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me where the word honor came from, and it just came from inside of me. It had to honor my truest calling, and I had to be able to honor the customers as well. So the name came sort of organically. Um, but, you know, on the days where things get kind of hard, or, you know, I think, oh, who am I? I'm just this, you know, one small fish out here. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of paddling a boat, but wonderful people keep walking into my life and keep jumping aboard with me and helping out and getting involved. And, you know, I'm just doing my one small part, but it's really, that's what fuels me. Um, and so I love compassion, love what they stand for. And uh, yeah, so when you get some sales training, you're also putting um, a donation to compassion. Well. And their site is? Sorry, um, it's just compassion.ca. Excellent. So, you know, the, it's, the ocean is made up of one drop at a time. And, you know, that one drop, it adds up. And no, you know, we're not looking at the one person changing the world, but many people 
together mm-hmm. with that one drop can make very big changes. And it's just being compassionate enough to, to step forth and do something about it, isn't it? So it is. Like I said, there's many great organizations out yeah. there um, that are making change. Um, I just got behind this one because I liked what they stood for. And because I had seen it firsthand in action, um, it had to be something I could, again, it had to come from a place of authenticity and integrity. And that's always been my guiding factor in building this business is does it resonate with me and my heart? And if it does, it goes forward. And if it does not, or I feel a bit of a check in my spirit, then it doesn't. Um, And that's just, you know, me honoring at, you know, at my deepest level, um, my heart and, and what I really believe in. It's a very good compass people going by, most certainly, definitely. So it's honor.com. Oh, honorsales.com. Honorsales.com. And so everything, they can find you there and connect with you there and then set up a call to have a chat with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, it doesn't cost anything just to have a phone call. Um, We can exchange some emails, but I would obviously like to have a phone call as well, just so that I can understand, you know, what it is that they're looking for. And again, making sure that it's going to be a win-win for them. Right. And it really doesn't matter where anybody else is in the world because you can do things virtually, though, of course, you are in Victoria, BC. And so if people are in this vicinity, then you've got the one-on-one. But um, with the virtual gift of, you know, the internet today um you know one can reach out anywhere at any time but some parting words uh, of wisdom that you would like to leave the audience with love uh well you know i'd like to share uh, just a quick little story and i won't make it too long but back when i was really really young and i was just getting started um i made a vision board and i back then it was probably oh this was been about the early 90s and there was this whole thing about having a vision board and so one night i sat down and i i took and you know again i was just at the very beginning of my career selling vacuum cleaners door to door and i sat there um one evening and i clipped out all of these things from old magazines that i wanted to achieve and one of it was there was a little blue house and at the time i wasn't a homeowner and i put a black suv on there and then there were some smaller things i needed like new dish cloths and (laughs) boots for the kids and um you know just some smaller things Mm -hmm. all the way up to like you know at the time it was like oh wow a house right or you know a black suv anyway so i made this vision board and i hung it up in my hallway and i kept it for a long time and i really focused um on it and then somewhere along the line i moved and that vision board board got misplaced um and it had gone missing for a long time and uh, when we sold our last house, um, somehow I found that vision board years later. And, you know, I was so shocked. But what I saw was that was my life. Right. And I looked on there and I realized I'm living in a blue house. I'm driving a black SUV. <laughs> um, and long past the new dishcloths and towels and things <laughs> like that. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to um, share with that with you. It's just like the power of vision in your life. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, it's just having that vision for yourself. Um, so that's, you know, again, when it comes to sales training, it's something we talk about, you know, what is your vision for yourself? How do you define success? And where, you know, where do you want to go? And then again, how are you going to get there? So what are going to be your strategies and your tactics? So just a little kind of a fun story that I like to share, but uh, goal setting and having that vision for yourself is very, very important in that mindset. Um, and it's something that's, I, I still actually use it to this day. I always have my goals on my fridge um, and I hold myself accountable to it. So that, I guess that's my parting, you know, parting thought or, or little story. But and what I like to do is help people achieve their vision and their goals for themselves. 
what we water grows right. and if we're willing exactly. to water it nurture it it will grow and it's it's also not the dictating the how right you know it's making sure you have the toolkit and then allowing that creativity to happen and it will show you the right. how and the where and the what you know you didn't dictate how you were going to get the house or how you're going to do that you just knew that with your due diligence your persistence and your sticking to the passion that was authentic to you um it manifested because that's what it was meant to do because that's what you were watering yeah so. no ab absolutely excellent well thank you so much for being with us uh, here today and sharing all your wisdom um it really doesn't matter whether it's the contracting business or building business or not you know sales as you said are sales and yeah. it, no matter what you're in today you do need to have some of those skills because yeah. times have changed and yeah. so bottom line it's build a relationship with whoever your clientele is Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, we do offer some training, um, such as I've written um, a training program called the fundamentals of sales, which will just stay, take you from step one up to here. Um, and I'm currently working on level two, which is just a more of a deep dive and for some greater learning as well. So there's more good stuff coming as well. But uh, if you have any questions or even, you know, if um, any of your listeners just have a sales question, um, like I said, again, reach out, um, even if it's not the right time for sales training right now. Um, I'm more than willing just to help them out with their particular sales question that they're right. having. Again, I'm in the serving business as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Plant the seed. You got the conversation. If yeah. it's not something you can do immediately, it's on your vision board. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much, Sharon Rose, for being with us here today and sharing this wisdom. And to everyone else, understand, in no matter what you do, it is building that relationship, but it's got to come from an authentic place if that you're doing it because you are passionate about it. Because if you're not, you're just, you know, a salesman who's looking for the bottom dollar. If you really want to share your service, your product, or anything else, come from the heart, come from the soul, be authentic, stand in integrity, and then you will have longevity. So until next time, folks, bye for now. Bye.